The Sports Pan lives here on ESPN-UP, online with our app. Glad to have you along as always. Tanner Hoops in studio with you Friday afternoon. And since it's Friday, that means we're joined by Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal, also the Northern Michigan Hockey Beat Writer. What's up, Ryan? Not much. Uh, it's a nice Friday. Weather's nice outside, so we're good. Weather has been up and down, it seems like. It's pleasant. It just doesn't know if it wants to make up its mind. Does it want to be sunny? Does it want to be overcast? Uh, we just had the alert go on here a little bit ago that there's hail in the forecast for this evening. Nice. But it's pleasant out, at least. If well, you temperate. I've So far this week, I've... I've had my windows open, and it's been really hot, mm-hmm. and then yesterday it was cool out, and I had to put a blanket on my bed, and then today it's it's like moderately, and the temps doesn't know what it wants to do. It's like, is it going to rain in any moment, mm-hmm. or is it going to stay this way? It's, uh, it's a little frustrating. <laughs> the other night, I saw lightning for the first time since I moved to the UP about 10 months ago. How I missed that? it. I love lightning. I love thunderstorms. I love thunderstorms, too. It uh, adds a little extra element, especially when they're coming off the lake. It creates a... You don't get a lot thing. of them up here. No, n- not many. Uh, you get rain, but uh, as far as straight-up thunderstorms, it's uh, <laughs> it's like the temperatures in summer don't last long enough for no. you to get thunderstorms up here. Oh, well, I tell you what, we have a lot to get to today as far as the worldwide of sports. Wide world of sports? That's right, right? That works. Well, okay, yeah, that's a dollar fine for me. (laughs) I tell you what, it's Friday. I've got a lot planned for the weekend. My grandmother, I'll be picking her up from the airport here in a couple hours, she is making her first ever trip to the Upper Peninsula. How about that? It's something you got to try at least once. Yeah. And... She gets to hang with you, so there you go. <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tell you what, she has been to Michigan before, I think Holland downstate. So this will be her second trip to Michigan, but I'm excited to show her around, show her the city, and hopefully the weather's nice for it. Yeah, it, uh, it seems like Holland is like a destination for a lot of people downstate, um, just because it's pretty down there, mm-hmm. and I see people go to Traverse City, and then they eventually make their way up here. So, you know, it's nice to see she's checking out the area. Hopefully she likes it more than Jim Costa from ESPN Downstate. Yeah, that's my column this week. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he go exactly? Like, he, he must not have come up here. He he didn't. He uh, If you listen to the broadcast, which, by the way, is far longer than it should be, mm-hmm. it, uh, he stopped after getting to to Cayman on. Mm. Sorry, to Quamanon. Mm. I've lived here five years and I still can't <laughs> pronounce it correctly. He stopped it's like he got to the falls and stopped. He was supposed to go to Pitchard Rocks mm-hmm. but didn't get there. Mm. He he was too much for him to drive that far. He had had enough and he turned around. So uh my column's gonna be about how wrong he is, so I hope people uh I'll people read that one. People laid into him on Twitter. It was good to see. Yeah, there's a... I mean, what do you hate about uh, it up here? The, What's so bad up here? I think he's a kind of guy who hates any place that isn't... Like, he, he was frustrated by the lack of technology. Mm. And, like, his signal wasn't working for his cell phone. It's like, where were you? <laughs> it's like, it's not like there's not a cell phone area up here. It's like, oh, and he did, he thought like he had gone back in time, you know, people selling furs. He thought he'd be mauled by a bear. And I'm just like, where were you? <laughs> like, it's like... Did you go too far? I, go up to... Uh, French Canadia? Yeah, did Canada, you, Canada. Did, did you like drive literally into the woods <laughs> and like try to blaze your own trail down the road and you found a bear den or something? And didn't I don't you say know. something about Toledo? Like you'd rather live he'd in Toledo. He'd rather have Toledo. Why? I it, it, I I don't understand that argument. It goes back 
to the whole, you know, Michigan and Ohio fighting over Toledo, mm-hmm. and uh, Michigan's compensation was that they got the Upper Peninsula, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's a far better. <laughs> uh, it's a far better compensation than. Oh, Oakland. I would agree. I mean, like. Have you ever met anybody who's been to Toledo and be like, I'm glad I went there? Um, <laughs> I mean, really. I'm not sure that I have. It's like, I mean, it's not a destination city. I mean, it'd be one thing if, like, let's say we lost, like, I don't know, Chicago or mm-hmm. something, you know, Mich- you know, something like that. It's not near us, but no. just an example. If you lose something huge, but it's Toledo. I mean, it's the glass capital of the country, but other Is than it? that. It was at one point. How about that? <laughs> I mean, Toledo, the Rockets play in the glass bowl. Hmm. So there you go. There's your trivia for that. I, I didn't <laughs> know that. So, wow. Yeah, so that's the whole dispute. And uh, I just, it, it didn't make any sense to me. It got people riled up on Twitter, which mm-hmm. is really fun. I, it was. Yeah, I mean, just getting people's comments, oh. At the, and if you listen to the radio segment, which wasn't like a five-minute rant, it went on for like almost half an hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, he overdid it. Yeah, and uh, he had people calling in. I think over the time he was desperately searching for someone who agreed with him. <laughs> like, and it's like there was no, there was one guy I think that was actually agreeing with him. So that's my column for Sunday. I talk about what's great about the UP, and I give him a few jabs. I'm too. looking forward to reading that yeah, one. It's gonna I, be a fun one. I hope people like it. Well, I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stig with you on this Friday afternoon. We, of course, have the blockbuster trade to break down. We've got another duo in the NBA. Mike Vrabel made a not-safe-for-work comment yesterday. Plus, you know, all these teams that are changing, you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, their teammates now. So many guys are out of the league that we grew up with. So many guys have been changing teams this offseason alone. Some things will never change, and that will be Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer continuing to excel at tennis those two and Novak Djokovic are the big three of professional tennis probably finishing up about now I haven't checked but it never changes 2008 Wimbledon final they were there and now 2019 semi here they are I think it's interesting because how just two guys and Djokovic in there too Andy Murray was thought for the longest time to be like the fourth Mm -hmm. guy but he's really hit or miss now like he'll he'll look good in one grand slam you know meet and then disappear from the other three but uh yeah it's usually a toss-up between those three and if somebody doesn't isn't one of those three who wins it it's like big news right you're like where'd this guy come from so it's i at every grand slam event i think people are like okay which is the three it's going to be and then uh i actually look forward to the fact that if someone manages to pull an upset that's like a huge story for me i love it when that happens but it's also fun when uh you see guys who are just really good at your their sport just dominant the way they are 20 years from now zaire wade Bronny james they will be changing teams in the nba and 50 year old federer 50 year old nadal are still going to be playing in the wimbledon final yeah it uh i don't know if i go that far but i mean i'd say like it they, I could see them pulling a Tiger Woods at one point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they start to fall off. Maybe they're, like, barely in the top, like, 50 rankings or something. And then out of the blue, they'll end up winning Wimbledon. Or they'll win the French Open or something like that. And just, you know, like Tiger and the Masters. Just, oh, wait, they still have it, kind of a thing. Because people told me, like, there's this one way where, like, Jimmy Connors was, like, considered washed up mm-hmm. and went, like, on this massive run in one of the tournaments when he was on his last legs in his career and ended up winning one of the Grand Slam events. So it's like, I, 
I, I could see that happening. One of the three will just be, you're like, you're thinking, how is this guy not retired yet? And then he'll blow your mind and somehow win one of the Grand Slam meets. So, the big yeah. question right now is which, uh, do you want to say outsider, which underdog, which dark horse is going to join them in the final four? It's almost a given it's going to be Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic. And then who's going to be the fourth? In this tournament, it's Roberto Batista Goot. Will it be Dominic Team? Will it be Andy Murray? Sam Query had a pretty good run before getting bounced in the quarters. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Andy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like a confident <laughs> choice, but I just I know his reputation, and maybe I think he'll probably come through at some point. Like, who else are you gonna go with? I, I would say if you were to ask the majority of people. Have no idea. Who no. <laughs> so, and the, which is, you know, we're going to talk about the ESPYs later. But what what I find interesting about the ESPYs is that there's so many categories where you know the majority of voters have no idea who these people are. Mm-hmm. Like they vote for the pe- person whose name they recognize. I mean, there's a pro bowler category. Yeah. I mean, how many people <laughs> follow other than my boss who follows bowling that regularly that they know who the people are? It's like. They're like, that guy's name sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I. that's just, that's what's fun about the ESPYs. And I, I feel like in tennis, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. If, like, if you were to have someone name three, like, name a male tennis star, they're going to ma- name one of those three guys, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, that's why they always win at the ESPYs, is because of that. Uh, they had one for best driver. Yep. Like, how many people follow drive uh, racing in this country nascar it's got a following in some parts of the country india is a, a niche and they only pick one from each type of driving yeah only from uh each type of racing so only one nascar guy one indy one formula one like i couldn't name anybody in formula one yeah and like compare them mm-hmm. you know like Okay, compare this NASCAR guy to an IndyCar guy. Who is the more <laughs> successful guy? And then there's a motocross category. How many people follow motocross? That re- I mean, it's fun. I've seen a motocross event, but it's not... I don't watch it regularly enough where I can say, yeah, this guy. <laughs> this guy had the best year. And it's not to disparage the sport. It's just yeah. we don't know anything about them. They're not publicized. What are we voting for? What do we know about what we're voting for? Like they have a disabled athlete? Like that, That's wonderful. I think they are doing a great thing by recognizing the best disabled athlete at the ESPYs. But nobody knows them. Like I, I would have picked Declan Farmer only because I recognized his name. That's, He's the only name I recognize. I don't know anything about the other three that were up for it. And they give you a little, you know, tidbit, like, okay, this is what they did. But then you're just based like, oh, well, is this, like, championship more so than this one? Is this, you know, you don't know how to compare anyone. Right. And so guys end up winning simply based on the luck of having an interesting name or, you know, I don't know. It's like... Uh, like the disabled athlete, I love that category. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad they include that. But other than that guy, he was we the don't only, know anybody. Yeah, it was the only name I recognized. So it's it, it's it's unfortunate. I feel like if you're going to have that many categories, you really need to talk about those sports more. Like on you know like let's say sports center. There's so much to fill there. But mm-hmm. if you're going to have a category devoted to things like that, you need to at least mention it. <laughs> 
on the show at some point during the year. You can't just be like, hey, vote for the pro bowler category and then not talk about the PBA the entire year. It's just, I think that's a problem. Even with hockey, I don't think the majority of sports fans know many hockey players in this country. They know the top, like Ovechkin and Crosby and McDavid, but a lot of the guys that may be up for certain awards... They would have no idea. And again, they would just pick the guy with the most interesting name. And hockey provides quite a few of those. You think about some of the more boring names in the NHL. I wouldn't say they're necessarily award winners. But if you put like Seth Jones up against Vladimir Tarasenko for something. I know that's apples and oranges, a defenseman and a yeah. forward. But just for example, you know, they might think Tarasenko this sounds like fun. Yeah. Or, or what about here, Matt Murray against like Sergei Bobrovsky. <laughs> boring against... Copy yeah, and paste. yeah, yeah. It's like that Bobrovsky guy. I heard those Eastern <laughs> Europeans. They're pretty good. You know, all the, it's, it's, it's an interesting show, and I like watching it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like so many categories are skewed towards one guy, and they're going to keep winning it, not necessarily because they deserve it, just because they're a name. And, I mean, like, there, there's a lot of times there's – guys who have really spectacular years but they get edged out by a guy just because they're more famous than they are it's really i i imagine like it's not like the oscars i mean it's like these quote-unquote sports oscars right. in a way so i don't think like if you lose it's really that big of a deal but like if you had like a breakthrough year you know and you were really proud of your performance and you got edged out by a guy who had a mediocre season but hey he's famous <laughs> i gotta admit that would probably be a little bit of a jab to your chest like oh i guess i i didn't need to have a 73 point performance. <laughs> i just needed to be somewhat moderately famous and i'll end up winning an award so i you know it, it's an interesting event and uh, it's an interesting ceremony and there's a lot of and I look forward especially to like the best plays mm. and the best moments and best games. Those are my favorite ones to watch. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you in the Sports Pen Friday afternoon. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, who won the Chris Paul-Russell Westbrook trade? Did anybody win it? That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad to have you along as always on this Friday afternoon. Well, I tell you what, last night, another blockbuster trade. Chris Paul is out of Houston. He is on his way to Oklahoma City. Meanwhile, Russell Westbrook is headed back to James Harden. He is going to be the newest member of the Houston Rockets. Russ and Harden, they combine once again. But I tell you what, that team may have two of the last three most valuable players, and I'm questioning if they even got better. Like, are they a better team today than they were 24 hours ago? I, you could make the case that they're not. I mean, I, I, I think adding Westbrook adds it definitely adds a lot of talent to your roster, but they didn't get along. No. They're in OKC, so you're basically adding a guy who apparently – alienates everybody in the, that they want to leave Oklahoma City and now you, you're bringing them onto your team. Houston apparently didn't want anything to do with Chris Paul anymore. No. <laughs> so it's... Uh, Houston is like... Is this their last gasp, really? Is this like a last attempt to hope to win the title? It could be. It could very well be. <laughs> and Chris Paul might be the biggest loser in this trade <laughs> because he's going to a place where he has no help and he's 34 years old at 
coming down to the end of his career, and he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going to stay in Oklahoma City, though. I think he, at no. some point he will be dealt. Yeah, he'll he'll eventually go somewhere else, but it's just... That's got to be a blow for him. Yeah, you're thinking, you know, you should have probably won a title mm-hmm. at Houston. Now you now are sent to OKC, where it's not exactly a tourist destination. No, and you're going to a place where you're the guy, but you have no help. No, and it's like it's he's going to have a very rough. I mean, last year. You know, this past season was Oklahoma City's, like, last attempt at, like, even making a far run in the mm-hmm. playoffs. And now it's like, are they going to make the playoffs is the question. And just, I feel bad for the It's hard to feel bad for, like, multimillionaire athletes. Mm-hmm. But he kind of got the shaft last <laughs> night. He really did. It's like, I'm going to a not-pretty city, and I have no help and it's going to be entirely based on me if we win the, make the postseason. His number two is Steven Adams, who probably isn't going to play for them this year either. He's probably going to get dealt. Just, ow. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I feel bad for the guy. They're investing in the future. They're accumulating a lot of draft picks. So in the end, this could end up being a really good move for general manager Sam Presti. But over in Houston, I don't know about this decision because you have two of the most ball-dominant guys in the NBA. Who don't like to share the ball. They they don't. There's not enough basketballs to go around, and they play within a system that is designed to let James Harden hog the ball. So you have a guy who likes to hog the ball in a system where it's designed for him to hog the ball, and you also got a guy who loves to hog the ball but is not in the system to hog the ball. So it's there's going to be a lot of tension this season and i think because talent wise they're going to make the postseason and will probably go far Mm -hmm. but i don't see them winning a title no absolutely not but it tells me that mike d'antoni may be willing to make changes to his system like they know they know the stats they know that russ is ball dominant that harden is ball dominant they knew that when they made this trade which makes me think they must have some kind of plan in place d'antoni must be willing to make some tweaks to his system so i'm not ready to write this trade off yet but as of right now i I don't know that they got better i think they got better talent wise but Mm -hmm. is it necessarily the upgrade they were looking for is this gonna be that piece that puts them over the top i don't think it will Mm-mm. you know the eastern teams are getting better <laughs> houston you know with the warriors falling apart you think this would be maybe their time to shine right but it's not a great opportunity it'd be a very small window mm-hmm. you know it's like if it's not this year oh, well. uh, yeah it's <laughs> like if they don't if they don't make the nba finals this year then it would have been the last few years have been just a complete wash in houston I, I don't know what they're building right now. I don't know how much longer Russ is going to be there anyway. I don't know what they're trying to build around, and now they're out a bunch of draft picks as well. <laughs> it's a huge gamble, and I'm not sure that it's the right gamble. Maybe it is. Maybe it'll prove us all wrong. They going, I don't know. It's it's like they're going all in on this year. Right. And hoping <laughs> that it'll last a little longer so we can start to develop draft picks again. I just, I don't know. It's Oklahoma City in the long run. I think comes out better in mm-hmm. this. It's just not going to appear that way right away. Right. Whereas Houston looks good maybe this year, but next year is going to the following year. Um, you know, twenty 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 one is going to be a different story. Could you say that Oklahoma City has been poorly mismanaged over the last few years? They've been successful. They've made the playoffs about every year. They made one finals appearance. Yeah. 
But the talent that they've had on that roster since 2011, between Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. (laughs) They should have probably won a title by now. You would have thought during this stretch that they would have managed to pull it off. But the Thunder disappear in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They had that one year while they waited when Durant was there. But, like, they had that one season where it was 2016, right? When... uh, they had the Warriors on the ropes. Weren't they up 3-1? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they blew it. Yep. And it's like it ha- they haven't really been the same. They've been good, but I feel like that was that year. If they were going to win it, that was going to be the year to do it. And it would have been them against Cleveland. And that would have been a pretty cool finals. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just that was their chance. And now it's just been, okay, let's see if we can pull an upset in the playoffs. And, you know, so it just... <sighs> The Thunder, by all logic, should have won a title by now, and that window is completely shut now. Well, I tell you what, there was speculation as to whether the Pistons would be able to land Russell Westbrook. I asked the fans on Twitter, are you happy or sad that the Pistons were not able to get Russ? Have you seen the results of the poll? What do you think the results are? I would say probably not. Probably Uh, not happy? uh, I would would actually say indifferent, because it's like I... (laughs) Just by living up here, there's not that many Pistons fans up here. Mm-hmm. It's like there's far more Reading Red Wings fans. People follow hockey more than they follow pro basketball. There's a lot of college basketball fans, right? But there's not a whole lot of straight up pro basketball fans. So, a lot of indifference to the Pistons. I would say, eh, <laughs> like maybe a meh kind of a comment. What do you think it was? We got 76 percent of Pistons fans that voted said they were sad they did not get Russell Westbrook. I'm wondering. Six percent. I'm wondering with like sad. Like, do they think, like, that would instantly make the Pistons a contender again? Or just they want star power on their team other than Blake Griffin? You know, I don't know. It's 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 hard to tell with fan voting sometimes. Unless people, like, comment and give you, like, specifically mm-hmm. their thoughts, it's hard to tell. I think that this worked out well for the Pistons. I don't think in the long term that would have been the smart idea. I don't it, think you would have made them contenders this year regardless. No. And then how are you going to pay everybody when contract time rolls around? You're still paying Andre Drummond that massive contract. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin, he's not cheap either. You just got Derrick Rose. And then you got a bunch of young guys who are going to have their rookie deals expire. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked out for no. them. And Westbrook wouldn't want to stay in Detroit that long anyway. No. It's like if they were going to go after Westbrook, they'd have to go all in on this year, kind of what the Rockets are doing. Mm-hmm. And the Pistons don't have the pieces, really, to go all in this no. year. So. Yeah, I, I think it'll work out well that they don't get it. I mean, it's sad in a way that the Pistons don't have the star, another star player, maybe to sell seats, maybe so they don't have to cover up seats in Little Caesars Arena, but I, I think they're going to be better off without him. You want to hear a really bad idea, a really terrible idea that the Pistons probably won't do. I suppose they could, but I haven't heard anything to suggest that they might, is reuniting Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. I think it'd be a terrible idea. I don't, I don't see it at this no. point. No, I. Maybe if he really wants to, mm, if he really wants to, and he's willing to take a bit of a pay cut, if he thinks that the pieces in Detroit are there, like he's willing to stick around because Detroit's not a contender now. You're going to need like at least another year or two. Mm-hmm. So if he's willing to put in the time there, maybe I could see it, but. He wa- he wants a championship now, and he just got dealt to a team that is not going to win a championship. No. So he'd want to go to a team that's really like could win it next year, and uh, 
that's not Detroit. If he goes to Miami, where does that put the heat in the Eastern Conference race next year? I did my playoff predictions. As it stands right now, I have them making the jump from 10th to 6th in the Eastern Conference this year. And they were only three games out of 6th place last year. Now they're adding Jimmy Butler. Uh, I'd put them probably around a 6. No. Maybe as high as a 5. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's about it. I you know, and J- Jimmy Butler's a cancer. <laughs> he he lasts what like very little time there. Mm-hmm. He's hated by his teammates. It's like he remember when Philly got so excited they get Jimmy <laughs> Butler and now he's gone. He was supposed to be the piece that gives the Sixers a title and he didn't do it. Yep. So he should have been resigned by Philly. That should have been priority one. I don't think they got better this offseason. No. You cannot replace Al Horford. Excuse me, you can't replace Jimmy Butler with Al Horford and say you got better. No. That just doesn't work. <laughs> and now they've not only done that, they don't have shooters on that team because they let J.J. Redick walk, plus they traded away Daro Saric and Robert Covington, two guys who could shoot to Minnesota for Jimmy Butler, who's not even there anymore. What a mess. It is an absolute <laughs> mess. I, it's interesting how the, uh, the NHL the NHL and the NBA are kind of different. Mm-hmm. Like The NHL is so, so emphasized on developing its players, where the NBA is very much a let's win now kind of a thing. Right. It's, uh, it's fun to compare them in that way. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you once again here in the Sports Pen. Before we go to break, how about this from Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. He had a not-safe-for-work quote that appeared on a podcast with Taylor Lewin a couple of days ago. We are not going to play the audio on here for obvious reasons, but when asked by Lewin what he would do to win a Super Bowl if he would cut off his own something that's unique to a man. His male part. His male part. (laughs) His male organ. Would he do it to win a Super Bowl? And without hesitation, Mike Vrabel said absolutely he would. Didn't he say like something about marriage too? Yep. I've been married 20 years. I don't need it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) But not only physically ouch, but like that's got to be an emotional hit for his wife. Um, But it just... What's funny about it is that he's won three Super Bowls. As a player. As a player in the Patriots. But he wants one as a coach. <laughs> so I, I, that seems a bit extreme to want a Super Bowl that badly that you'd be willing to physically harm yourself. <laughs> Especially in that area. He would mutilate himself for a Super Bowl ring. Like, could you imagine the press conference and the question you'd be getting? So what are you doing it, coach? When's the snip? If, if <laughs> yeah, the Lombardi Trophy gets presented to Mike Vrabel, that is without a doubt the first question it's asked. And it's going to be uncensored, too. People are going to be like, you said so. <laughs> When's the appointment? You know, it's like, I, you can't make an outlandish statement like that and not have it blow up, you know, right in your face, and that's what's going to happen with him. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our next time out when we come back. The Levitard Show's What He Looks Like game comes back to the sports pen next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad to have you along as always. Here's your Sports Center update. 
Major League Baseball has suspended Astros outfielder Jake Marisnik two games for a collision with Angels catcher Jonathan Lucroy earlier this week. Marisnik originally scored the go-ahead run on the play, but the call was overturned following review. Marisnik insists that he had no intentions to injure Lucroy, and he plans to appeal the suspension. College football in July about that. UCF quarterback Daryl Mack suffered a broken ankle in a non-football-related activity this week. There is no timetable for his return. So the Knights will head into training camp, minus their top two quarterbacks. If you remember last year's starting quarterback, Mackenzie Milton suffered that gruesome leg injury in November. He is expected to medically redshirt this year. Graduate transfer Brandon Wimbush started and won three games for Notre Dame this year. He is expected to take over the starting job. And finally... Bill Belichick was a two-sport athlete in college. In addition Hard to football, to yeah, <laughs> he in addition to football, he captained his lacrosse team. Did you know that? I did not know that. I taught you something today. Yeah. Well, I would not have thought Bill Belichick as a lacrosse, lacrosse player. player. Yeah. Yeah, and he was a good one. Did he have a personality then? Doubt it. <laughs> Just that guy who was on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Belichick, Kawhi Leonard? And Mike Trout, after a game, going out and partying. Wow. <laughs> I think they all would come back, each pour a glass of milk, tall, stiff glass of milk. Both completely sober. And watch C-SPAN. Ooh. Yeah. Congressional hearings. I'm sure that'd be, uh, that's enticing. It seems like something they would like, given their personalities, or lack thereof. Uh, or, I don't know, HGTV or something like mm, that. There you go. Yeah, or... I don't know, QVC, the Home Shopping Network or something. <laughs> There's some wacky stuff I'm sure Bill would love, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I I would not have guessed. I guess Bill, Bill does have a little bit of personality in the sense that he likes Bon Jovi. Huge Bon Jovi fan. You know, here's what's weird. Mm-hmm. Bon Jovi likes the Patriots despite the fact that he's from New Jersey <laughs> and owned a arena football team called the Philadelphia Soul. Mm-hmm. And yet, somehow, loves the Patriots, too. It's like, I don't know what to make of that guy. I liked Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. but the him as a person, I don't get him. <laughs> you know? His son played at Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Huh. Jesse Bongiovi. Yes, that's officially his name. That is his real name. Yeah. Uh, but I tell you what, we have got the Levitard's What He Looks Like game coming back to the sports pen here in a few minutes. But first, let's break down some of the ESPY award winners that we missed from the other night. There were some really fun moments. Like you mentioned earlier, I love the best game category, best moment category, what have you. Those are among my favorites, and it's fun to go back and reminisce on them. Yeah, the best game winner um, was the uh, Rams-Chiefs Monday Night Football game, well 54-51. Not a surprise there. It did edge out the, uh, which I never actually saw. The LSU A&M Aggies winning seven overtimes. Oh, yeah. There's, I love games like that that just last forever because you don't know what's going to happen. 74-72, highest scoring game in FBS history. I think I turned that on in the fourth overtime because I saw Twitter going crazy. Yeah. Like, it, there's, like isn't the record like seven? Isn't that what it was? I know it's the Might highest scoring record, uh, the highest scoring FBS game, but uh, I think seven is the max that as far as it's going. Because after that would get, break the basketball record, do yeah. After I think isn't it after the third overtime that you can't get extra points? Right, you have to go for two every time. Mm-hmm. I think that's an attempt to make the game end. Right, 
And sometimes it just completely falls flat. Um, and then there was the best play. That went to UCLA gymnast Caitlin Oyashi, scoring her perfect 10 on the floor exercise. Well-deserved there. Other potential nominees were Kawhi Leonard's buzzer beater, uh, Damian Lillard's buzzer beater, uh, Derrick Henry's 99-yard run, touchdown run against the Jaguars, um, uh, which ties the record. Tony Dorsett had it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, 99 yards, long touchdown. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that was going to do it. And uh, Dolphins stunning the Patriots in the Miami Miracle, uh, which is a fun moment for me because I can't stand the Patriots. <laughs> but uh, I didn't think that was going to do it. Um, there was also uh, Blues won best comeback. No yep. surprise there. Best upsets, also fun category. Um, winner was uh, Andy Rose Jr., Upsetting Anthony Joshua I like in boxing. That. That's not a surprise. Other nominees were Naomi Osaka de- defeating Serena Williams at the U.S. Open mm. last year. That's very well deserving in that category. Also had the Blue Jackets pulling off the upset against their Lightning sweep in that series. Nobody saw that would happen. No. And uh, also, it's it's a forgotten one. But it's actually a pretty big upset. Old Dominion beating yes. thir- number thirteen Virginia Tech. And not like on a miracle play. They won forty nine to thirty five. They controlled that game. Old Dominion had a one point eight percent chance of winning this game, according to the ESPN predictions before the game started. It's the largest upset by an FBS team in the fourteen years of the football power index projections. They won by two touchdowns against a team that was 13th in the country. I think it wasn't going to win, I don't think, but it was a reminder that that actually happened. Right. I mean, there was so much crazy stuff that happens in sports. It just got thrown to the back burner, but it brought light to it again, and that was a huge... I watched the end of that game, Mm -hmm. because I saw it on Upset Alert. uh, It flashed on my Twitter thing, like, hey... This could happen, so I watched like the, I think the last like five minutes of the game, and it was just in disbelief. And what about Virginia Tech? <laughs> yeah, it derailed their season. It, it pretty from much. That point some on. people were like, "Oh, they could, you know, outside chance at a playoff team." Right. Nope. That after that point, it was all downhill. But right. uh, yeah, that was those are the best parts of the SPs. I I love those categories because the other ones are like best male athlete. You kind of have a feeling is going to win that, but like these ones, it's really a toss up and best play is actually in bracket play you know mm-hmm. it's like fans get to vote it yeah. it's like a tournament so that's kind of fun so but you have what the uh what's the the what he look, looks what's like? Look like okay well before we get to that though i'm looking at the list of alumnus that old dominion football has put out to the nfl and there's only been two of them one of them played in that game you just mentioned and the lions drafted him in the sixth round travis fulgham yeah it uh old dominion was an fcs school just a few years ago, mm-hmm. they got moved up to FBS because, in their minds, they thought they had the type of program that could bank. Uh, there's a lot of schools do that who try to move up from FCS level who think that they'll be the big money maker. Right. It usually doesn't work out, <clears throat> but they pulled a huge upset, so maybe it will. I don't know. North Dakota State would be the more logical one, you would think, if anyone had a shot. Yeah, you would think that would be the one, but uh, I just they just don't have the budget. Well, I tell you what, the Dan Lebitard show with Stu Guys likes to play the what he looks like game. We like to play a version of it, too, here on ESPN-UP, and we do so with Ryan Stieg here on Fridays. Ryan, I have got eight sports figures and their mug shots up here in the monitor. It is Chuck Pagano. He'll be our first victim. Uh, Chuck Pagano, 
Looks like the high school woodshop teacher who sells his students' projects as a side hustle. I was going to go more like a high school, like, biology teacher who, uh, you know, tries to befriend his students more than actual teachers. <laughs> you know, he's kind of like that cool guy, mm-hmm. but, like, not a younger cool guy that can bond. Just kind he, It's like he fails to connect with the youth, but tries hard. I I could see him as being a yoga instructor yeah, who I could takes see up that a too. vegan lifestyle and always wears sandals. Now that I look at yeah, him a little more, you know, because that's his personality too. He's very <laughs> quiet for a for an NFL coach. Uh, does Terry Bradshaw look like the owner of an old timey gas station that parents warn their kids to stay away from? I could see that. I also think that Terry Bradshaw is like a guy who farms corn. Mm that had crop cycles and swears he saw an alien. (laughs) (laughs) And is more than willing to tell you about it. I swear, that's Terry Bradshaw. Ever since that video of him disparaging Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger came out, he looked like he was kind of a mess in that video. He had like his top three buttons undone, great chest hair sticking out. He just looked frazzled and uncounted. Like we're talking about like the full farmer stereotype. We're like overalls, flannel shirt, you know, maybe a piece of corn a wheat sticking out of his mouth but is more than willing to tell you that he saw an alien in his field the other day does will kane look like he cuts in front of little old ladies waiting in line at the bank and then pretends not to hear their protest by fake talking on his cell phone will kane looks like the kind of guy at starbucks who orders who is impatient in line that the line's taking too long, and then we'll go up to the line and ask when he gets up to the counter and ask for like a extra foam soy milk <laughs> ultra specific <laughs> drink that holds everybody else up, like completely disregarding what he just went through. I watched Kicking and Screaming last weekend, and he reminds me of Will Ferrell when he got obsessed with coffee and then he got in a fight with that lady was taking too long. Yeah. Does Paul Feinbaum look like Scott Van Pelt's disapproving father? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Just the grimace on his face, you know. And Paul Feinbaum always looks like that. Yes, you know. Just like he's like he's the head accountant who oversees everybody <laughs> and is never happy with the performance. Even if you put up, even if you've put up record numbers and get your stuff in on time, he's not happy about it. You should have done it faster. Could you buy that him and Scott Van Pelt are related? I could. Yeah. They look very similar, and uh, but Scott Van Pelt actually has more of a personality. <laughs> uh, does Mike Vrabel... <laughs> we just talked about. Does Mike Vrabel look like he buys his wife a treadmill on their anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> look at him. Uh, yeah. I, uh, Mike Vrabel looks like the kind of guy who would buy his wife a bowling ball so he could go bowling. <laughs> <laughs> You just look at him in that personality. He always looks intense. He's got the beard that's starting to turn gray, but it looks like he probably dyes it. And he's one of those guys that you can count the comb marks in his hair. Like, you know when you get a guy like that what their personality is going to be. Yeah, or like he's the kind of guy who will watch TV, sees like a Bowflex, <laughs> and like go, will buy it and insist to his wife he's going to use it every day, and all it does is go like <laughs> dust in the corner. That's my thinking. The guy who pours creatine into his coffee but never actually works out. Like he always yeah. starts his morning with a protein shake but never actually goes to the gym. Sees Frank Thomas in the Nugenics commercials <laughs> and be like, there that's who go. I want to be, and then <laughs> never actually takes the Nugenics. 
Does Brad Stevens look like the cool high school teacher who avoids eye contact with his students when they see him alone at the movies on Saturday? Yeah. He he looks like the guy who, you know, we'll see in Barnes and Noble, mm. who the students will come up and say hi to him and want to talk to him, but thinks to himself, "I shouldn't be like this," <laughs> you know, like he's he, like you run into him in GameStop too, mm-hmm. like and uh, but he's thinking to himself, "I shouldn't be here right now." Like Brad Stevens is another guy that doesn't have much of a personality. Like mm-hmm. him, Belichick, they're both in Boston, yeah. so they could go hang out together, have a tall glass of milk, watch C-SPAN, yeah. But, uh, you know, I feel like Brad Stevens is a leak, has no personality, but he's at least a likable person. Right. Like, you actually would want to sit next to him and might have a conversation. Uh, Brad Stevens, if I didn't know anything about him, I just only, I only saw him, and I knew nothing about his basketball career. He reminds me of Principal Skinner from The Simpsons. Really? A little bit, yeah. I, I can, I can who, see it. That's who he reminds me of. Yeah. If I you take basketball that. completely out of the equation. <laughs> yeah. Does Hubie Brown look like the painting in a haunted house whose eyes follow you around the room? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like he looks like one of the, like, in in the Harry Potter series, that the paintings that move. <laughs> like he's one of the guys who's in there and will, like, talk to you as you're walking down the hallway. You He'll give you his opinion, and you have no, you don't care, and you just ignore him as you walk by. Uh, last one here. Does Daryl Morey look like he's really bad at poker, and after losing big at the casino, he lets off steam by going a few rounds with his punching bag in his basement? I can definitely see that. Yeah. I also see like the kind of guy who uh, dominates his local bowling league. Oh yeah, but uh, you know, is unliked by his teammates, so he basically goes back to the bowling area and will order like a really greasy pizza and will <laughs> inhale it by the end of the night. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies to finish it off next in ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stig with you. Glad to have you along, as always, on this Friday afternoon. And we send you into the weekend the way we always love to, and that is with the Friday Funnies. Ryan, what do you have this week? Uh, well, to start off, um, poor Alex Bregman of the Astros. Mm. Um, he's feeling a ground ball, and it hits him right in the face. Mm. Takes four stitches, and is disoriented, and he's touching the area near his left ear. Is... What's the weirdest injury you've seen playing or watching commentary? What's the weirdest injury you've seen? Mitch Hanniger? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've seen guys take a ground ball to the face. Mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, guys twist their ankles in weird ways, and it's just like, but I was thinking to myself, what's the weirdest injury I've seen? And mm. that's, that's probably up there. I've okay. seen a lot of guys get hit in the face that probably shouldn't have. Um, Grayson Allen got tossed. Yep. Just, yep. Who, from a summer league game. <laughs> Not an actual, like, regular season NBA game, but a summer league game. He, he's notorious reputation for basically being a goon. Well, the other night, he shoved a guy once, mm-hmm. and it was a hard... I mean, this wasn't like 
he basically went around the guy to try to get around a pick or something and literally shoved the guy almost onto the floor, gets hit with a flagrant one, then he comes, and just, just a short while later, he's going up, and it looks, if you look at the replay first, like he's, gonna go, he's going for the ball to block it, but he completely whiffs and basically clocks the guy in the head as he's going down. He gets tossed, and uh, Dan Dockett is having a good time. I'm not a fan of Dan Dockett, mm-hmm. but he was just basically railing on Grayson Allen the whole time, which made it funny because he's like the most unlikable person. Right. He's like that, and he played for Duke, so mm-hmm. there's you know a reason that people. There's another reason. He I don't have anything against Duke or him for playing uh, with Duke. He's just done so much. I'm sick of him. You know, some guys say he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's a fiery competitor. That's bull. You no. don't need that. That's not playing with a chip. That's just being a tool bag. Yeah, and that basically sums up Grace Noun really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Mayor of Oklahoma City. Mm. I kind of feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Didn't he proclaim Paul George Day? Probably. Yeah. Like was he the guy? Yeah, I think he was the guy who proclaimed Paul George Day, and. Paul George, as we all know, left town. Mm-hmm. And just a couple days ago, it was June 30th, My he sent out a tweet saying, um, our squad will be just fine this season. Mm-hmm. And the photo on there is Paul George hot, like shaking hands with Russell Westbrook. Now they're both gone. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, someone needs to check in on the mayor of Oklahoma City. <laughs> Because my guess is he's not taking it well. He, he, he to have Paul George Day, and now he's thinking we're gonna be fine. And now they're both gone, and he's left alone. I don't think there's anyone more hated in the state of Oklahoma than Kawhi Leonard. He gets Paul George to come join him in L.A., and that was the domino that knocked over Russell Westbrook. Now they're both out. It all happens because Kawhi silently is able to recruit him over. Like, he does this without any of us knowing. Yeah. Nobody saw Paul George coming. I mean, maybe eventually. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, it wasn't like, oh, they're going to come together in a package. Somehow Kawhi was able to keep this secret. Well, he has, you know, C-SPAN. You know, and that, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just an act. Like, invite him over to watch yeah, C-SPAN. Yeah, yeah. He, hey, man, they're... It's a good congressional hearing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what it's about, but I've heard there's They're a lot of hype. on gerrymandering in South Carolina tonight, man. we got to watch. This is must-see TV. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, Jacoby Brissett. Oh, yeah. I love it when people, when athletes get, like, deep questions, <laughs> asked if the sun is hot, why is it cold in space? <laughs> Josh Dobbs went after him and said, space is a vacuum, there is no air. And Jacoby Brissett said, I've never put my head inside a vacuum. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of well known why space is cold <laughs> and, you know, it's not hot, and why the sun is hot but space is cold. It's kind of common knowledge, but he wasn't aware of that. But the fact that he's never stuck his hand or his head into a vacuum that worries me a little bit <laughs> like we're gonna find out that he hurt himself with a vacuum <laughs> attempting to test it jacoby Brissett misses the season with a hand injury a laceration to his throwing hand sits him for the first four weeks of the season uh, people said there's there, it's space is a vacuum i gotta check this out and now he's done for the when year. i first saw that tweet 
I thought this has to be from like 2011 when he was in high school. Yeah. And it was like from a couple of hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding? Well, like, where'd you go to college? Uh, and it, the answer is NC State. State. Yeah. So that's poor reflection on them. And Kyrie Irving's a bad reflection on Duke <laughs> for thinking the earth is flat. Those so, two would be fun to uh, hang out uh, with. Yeah. You know, just guys who are completely off in their space philosophies. <laughs> their worldviews. I mean, you get those two together talking about some stuff. Maybe not accurately. No. They probably answer it, but not accurately. And then, did you see the AHL la- app had a massive meltdown? No. Well, the AHL app, you know, launches out. And as Dead's been pointed out, like the Terminator, it became self-aware at some point <laughs> <laughs> and started tweeting out past messages and started demanding $6,000 from a guy named Stuart. Mm. And you can find it if you go on Twitter and search on Twitter and look online. The app just started demanding money of this guy. It accused Stuart Zimmel, who's actually the guy who was, mm. of threatening to punch Ian Bowman in the throat numerous times. And apparently these messages are dated from like two years ago. And... At this point, Zimmel is now the CEO of Hockey Tech, which um, bought Buzzer Apps. Mm. And Bowman used to work at Buzzer Apps, which is assuming that they developed the AHL app. But my question is, what happened that made the app all of a sudden start sending threatening notices <laughs> to Stuart Zimmel? Like, how terrifying is that? We saw how Terminator ended. <laughs> And Skynet. now the AHL robot, <laughs> Skynet, comes to life. And, and not like silently, like, says hi. It sends you threatening <laughs> messages. You owe me money. The extortion <laughs> from the AHL no, app. And it's like, um, so it's, it's weird enough that people are already anticipating this, because I didn't know that many people were obsessed with the AHL schedule. Like, I'm interested, but I'm, like, not waiting with bated breath. Exactly. Excited to see it. But that, that when it launches, all you get is just this argument <laughs> between a, a, a device against a guy who no longer works there. <laughs> and it's from two years ago. It was like, they did. Like, people were like, it, it was like Skynet. All of a sudden, it's self-aware, and the machines are coming after us. And like you said, going to extort money from us. It's happening in baseball. Robot umpires became a real thing the other night. At yeah, the I saw that. Professional baseball all-star game. Robots literally are going to take over the world someday. Yes. Our own technology is going to become self-aware and kill us all. Like, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting there like, and logging onto Twitter, and I'm going to end up getting a DM telling me that I owe money <laughs> to some guy that I had never met before. I'm waiting for this to happen. and uh, But that's what happened to Stuart Zimmel <laughs> trying to get $6,000. And the guy, I mean, why 6000 Exactly. <laughs> that's a really specific amount. What if you're on Twitter, you get a DM, and it says look up, and you've got, like, your coffee maker there ready to smash the coffee pot over your head? <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's just taken over. It decides that it is time to kill the human race. Like, I, I, the movie iRobot. All of a sudden, there's a switch <laughs> that clicks on, and they're all after us. I'm, I'm waiting for this to happen. And basically, on the AHL app, just doing that, it's not too far off. Give it, it, like, 
couple decades, I'll say. Isn't there a Will Smith movie like that? Yeah, iRobot. iRobot. Okay, that is iRobot. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was a TV series. That's Mr. Robot. Okay, all right, all right, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, iRobot, you know, the mainframe becomes Mm self-aware and programs all the robots to go after the humans. But there's one good robot (laughs) that lives up to the laws of robots. It's, it's, It's an interesting movie, but... With what the AHL app, it's like it kind of makes me want to watch it because it's like it just happened. <laughs> like this literally is probably how the world's going to end. Yeah, robots are going to kill us. Ro- robots, not not any not anything human related. It's the robots are going to destroy us. Yeah, and it's not anything like the robots like from Terminator or movies like that. It's going to be like your household appliances. Like this monitor might come alive someday and just start <laughs> strangling me. Yeah, you know, like you're. Like your Roomba is going to just start spinning out of control and launch itself at your face or something. <laughs> or like all of a sudden my television will start randomly flipping channels at me and then will like lunge at me while I'm sitting on the couch. I tell you what, we should do this next week. We can think about this for a yeah, week, yeah. come back with it. It would be a good segment. With robot umpires starting to become a thing, let's say you're trying to form a major league crew. And you can pick any four famous robots to be your home plate, first, second, third base umpire. Who would you pick? Where would you station them? I would probably have the Terminator in there. I might have the good robot from iRobot. <laughs> uh, the robot from Rocky Four. Yeah. I don't know who'd my fourth one be, though. Maybe the robot from, like, uh, Lost in Space, maybe? Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'd have to think. Johnny Five? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd have to look into it, though, because it's like I'm not a big robot aficionado, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to think of good movies. I, I don't know a whole lot of robots, I guess, but I know those, and they, they're the ones that come to mind anyway. Yeah. But I would have Schwarzenegger behind the plate. Yeah. You have to. Just just to maintain order. His punch-out calls. <laughs> the heavy accent exactly. and everything you can do with it. And he, he wouldn't take anything from anybody. No, he wouldn't. I hear about, uh, I brought this up yesterday. Do you think that the person, okay, let me, let me phrase it this way. Do you think Ron Gardenhire is happy or sad that he is no longer going to be able to argue with a human umpire over balls and strikes? I think it'll take the fun out of it a little yeah. bit. And all because ejections are going to drop dramatically. Yeah, you can't intimidate a robot. No. And, and if you try to like insult them or kick dirt at them, well, I mean, what are they going to do? It's just going to be like, They're yeah, okay. become self aware and hurt you. Yeah, yeah. Or extort money from you, <laughs> like like the AHL app did. No, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you in the sports pen. Glad to have you as always. We are out of time. Appreciate you as always stopping by here. Your column, we're checking that out on Sunday. And then early on in the show, give us a reminder what your column's about. It's about, uh, you know, Jim Costa from downstate, Grand Rapids Station, made fun of the UPs, called it overrated. Um, and uh, I'm basically going to try to refute that argument. And uh, I hope people enjoy it because I, I really try to amp up what great the UP is. So, From all of us here in the Upper Peninsula, kick rocks, Jim. <laughs> Check out the Mining Journal on Sunday. That is it for us. Hope you have a great weekend. Appreciate you tuning in as always. I'm back on Monday, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. Tanner Hoops for ESPN-UP.